Welcome to Worldview, a foreign affairs podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Chris Dooley. This week, we're taking a close look at the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on Brazil, which has recorded more than 9 million cases and has the second highest death toll in the world after the United States. I'll be talking shortly to our correspondent in Sao Paulo, Tom Hennigan, about Brazil's handling of the pandemic and how much is known there about the so-called Brazil variant of the virus, a new strain that is causing global concern. We'll also discuss what's happening in the Amazonian city of Manaus, where the situation in hospitals became so dire recently that people were forced to look elsewhere for help. Like this retired factory worker, receiving treatment in his living room. His daughter explains that when she took him to hospital, she found a dire situation, with scarce oxygen tanks being shared between rooms and corridors full of patients. So she took her father home. The family bought a tank of oxygen on the black market and hired therapists to keep him alive. But many others were not so fortunate, including the same man's wife, who entered the hospital before him. The family has heard nothing about her for three days. Tom Hennigan joins me now from Sao Paulo. Tom, we'll take a look at the broader picture in Brazil momentarily, but we might start with what's happening in Manaus. What's the latest news from there? Well, it's still suffering uh, from a new wave, this Brazilian uh, variant that has preoccupied uh, countries around the world is raging now across uh, the Amazon region. It's pushing case loads and uh, death rates up. Um, And the centre of that in the region is the city of Manaus, which is the biggest city um, in, in the rainforest. And hospitals are are still under huge pressure there. The federal government is scrambling to get oxygen um, supplies stabilised. That was the, um, the the kind of the first signal that the situation was entering uh, towards collapse when oxygen supplies ran out and dozens of patients were asphyxiated in their beds. And it, it left, as um, the intro showed, to families scrambling to source um, oxygen on on um, the private market and uh, even setting up kind of impromptu uh, intensive care units in their homes because the hospitals couldn't um, handle uh, the amount of patients showing up. Um, so the federal government is now um, working hard on getting uh, oxygen up there. The health minister has been dispatched up there. But at the same time, investigations have been launched into what happened. And, um, you know, obviously, the sudden spike in cases, which has been linked to this new variant, put the system um, under under immense pressure to the, to the edge of collapse. But it is also now pretty clear that uh, that the state government and the federal government were warned what was happening. And it does not seem that anyone took sufficient action um, to to prevent uh, the terrible scenes we saw there a while ago. So um, it's not as bad as it was, but it is still um, a very critical situation there. And the situation you described there, Tom, I mean, it, it was really grim. And we've been hearing these stories about people dying for lack of oxygen and, and hospitals being full and so on. So has the situation at least stabilised for the moment? It, it has. Um, it's still critical. It's still under huge pressure, but we're not seeing those deaths um, from a lack of oxygen like we were uh, some days ago. Um, I think that the 
the point to make about what went on um, in Manaus, it seems pretty clear that obviously the system was put under pressure by this new uh, wave of cases. But this um, only exposed what is a long-standing lack of investment in health uh, resources in that region and, um, you know, the old Brazilian um, crime of corruption as well, that you had a, a state that was feckless in um, a state government that was feckless in preparing for what doctors told them was coming. And, you know, it is a, a an isolated city, but there should not be um, months into a global pandemic, a problem with getting um, oxygen supplies to Manaus, especially when you have medical um, experts warning the authorities there weeks in advance that this problem was coming and they didn't seem to um, do anything about it. So, um, you know, there is a there is a, a COVID question um, in Manaus, but there is also um, a more deep seated um, governance question um, and um, lack of uh, just lack of attention by authorities. And tell us more than Tom about the investigation that you just you mentioned that's taking place into what happened there. Who is carrying out that investigation, and and what kind of things will they be looking at? The lead um, investigator will be the Federal Prosecution Service, um, which it went to the Supreme Court and asked to uh, for the permission to open an investigation into the Health Minister General Eduardo Pazuello, um, because. Uh, of the reports that he had been told that this problem was coming down the line and had uh, actually gone to Manaus. But uh, um, rather than uh, deal with the warnings about the lack of oxygen supplies in the city, instead spent his time there promoting uh, chloroquine as a solution to um, treating COVID, which has been discarded uh, discarded by as a, a solution by every sensible medical authority in the world. Um, for some reason, Brazil's federal government remains obsessed with promoting it, and uh, so they've um, asked for an investigation into the health minister. Whether that actually advances much is is um, another question because. The chief federal prosecutor in Brazil is a close ally of President Jair Bolsonaro. And um, what we have seen since he took over the job is a tendency to open up investigations only for them to go nowhere. So I wouldn't um, actually put a huge amount of of weight into, into that investigation, um, despite already pretty damning evidence that he was culpable in the crisis that happened there. That said, the federal government say, look, we were warned about this. We helped out the state government. This is on them. And in Brazil, the state government is the lead on um, on health services. So, you know, that that um, whole relationship needs to be clarified. What happened in the run up to, um, as you say, these terrible deaths in Manaus? But Bolsonaro himself, I understand, true to form, has been already out to say that whoever is to blame for what happened in Manaus, it's not him. Uh, exactly that. He said, you know, that we were we we took the necessary action, and anything that happened after that is, um, you know, the fault of others. This totally fits in um, with his whole approach to the pandemic, where he's, you know, he has done the bare minimum, and even sometimes then um, worked against efforts um, to control the spread of the pandemic in the country. And then when things go wrong, he blames others. 
Um, so, you know, he was never going, he was never going to put his hand up and say, okay, you know, maybe, maybe we were partially responsible for what happened there in Manaus. And I'd like to come back to Bolsonaro in a moment, Tom, and, and his role, if you like, in Brazil's perceived poor performance in dealing with the pandemic. But just to, one more question, if you like, on, on Manaus. Um, you mentioned there how many of the cases there um, have been identified as the new Brazil variant that we've all heard about. And there is concern worldwide about how transmissible this new variant might be, how virulent, virulent it might be. And there are also, of course, worries about vaccine efficacy. The Irish government indeed has banned visa-free travel from South America as a result of these concerns. What's the latest information, Tom, from Brazil about this new variant? How much is known about it? There, you know, Brazil has a, a weak um, testing uh, and tracing operation in the country. One of you know, it's very poor here. Uh, so it, there was the odd situation that there was more concern and reporting about the Brazil variant outside of Brazil than there was inside it um, until a few days ago. Now it, it's quite clear uh, that they're testing um, and picking it up across the whole Amazon region and seeing a spike in cases, not just in Manaus in the state of Amazonas, um, of which it's the capital, but in, in the other jungle states as well. And it, it's similar to the other variants um, that are being um, reported um, the the UK variant, the South African variant, um, which people will have heard of, and uh, that it is being blamed for this uh, sudden surge in cases across the Amazon region. So it is um, believed to be far more virulent. Whether it's actually more lethal is another question. The spike in deaths might be responsible to this caseload flooding into hospitals and um, the hospitals for other reasons, which we mentioned, um, lack of investment, uh, lack of, of administrative capabilities, corrupt political corruption, all of those sort of things, that, that they're not able to handle the cases and that's leading to um, a sudden jump in deaths, which has happened particularly in the state of Amazonas. But uh, they are now trying to track its spread um, across the rest of Brazil. They've started identifying cases in Sao Paulo in the last couple of days. And the concern is, is that um, in recent weeks, with the surge of cases in the Northern Hemisphere, in Europe and in the United States, uh, we have seen many countries that had less um, lower mortality rates than Brazil pass out um, the country in recent weeks. Um, and, and for certain Brazilians, that was uh, seen as well. You know, here it seems to be, if not going away, diminishing. But it, it might again be a just re a repeat of what happened a year ago where Brazilian uh, epidemiologists were saying, well, you know, we're in the tropics. It probably won't be as virulent here. And it turned out it was. And we were only six to eight weeks behind what was happening in the northern hemisphere. So there is now great concern that this variant will um, travel from the Amazon to other regions of, of Brazil and um, lead to a new a severe wave here as well, like you've seen in in other parts of the Northern Hemisphere. Because with the UK variant, you mentioned, Tom, there very quickly, the authorities in the UK were able to give an estimate that uh, it was perhaps up to 70% more transmissible than other variants. Um, and also we learned very quickly that the existing vaccines are probably do work against the UK variant. Am I right in thinking we're still lacking that kind of specific information about the Brazil variant? Still lacking that um, here in Brazil, still lacking that specific information. Now, Thomas, you mentioned at the outset, um, Brazil has the second highest number of fatalities of from COVID-19 in the world, at 220,000 deaths 
only the US would double that number, it has to be said, is higher. Um, how would you characterise Brazil's handling of the pandemic as a whole? Why has it been hit so hard? I think it's because of um, a lack of direction at the federal level, um, kind of mirroring um, somewhat what has happened in the US. Uh, President Bolsonaro is a um, pandemic denier. He has always sort to downplay the threat. He's been much more focused on the impact it would have um, that quarantine measures and lockdown measures would have on the economy than on the public health aspect. Uh, he fired two health ministers who uh, tried to um, impose more rigid quarantine measures on the country. He put a general in who has said, it's my job to just follow the orders of the boss. So you have a health ministry that did very little to prepare for vaccines when they would be ready and instead put a lot of effort and cash into promoting um, medication like chloroquine and, and others that have been shown not to have any um, benefits at all in treating COVID. And so in Brazil, it's really been left uh, to state governors and uh, city mayors to try and deal with the impact. And that success varies across the country because you have certain states where you have um, much uh, poorer uh, uh, state administrations, less resources to throw at it. Um, and in some areas, actually, like in, in Amazonas, they're susceptible to pressure from the federal government. So in Amazonas, you had a situation a couple of weeks ago where you had health professionals saying, look, we've got a new wave coming. We need to impose lockdown restrictions. Uh, local authorities tried to do so. Jair Bolsonaro goes on um, on public media and criticizes those measures and they're quickly abandoned. And then shortly afterwards, we have an explosion in cases. So I think it's a lack of leadership at the, at the very highest level. And um, that has exasperated some of the disadvantages Brazil has, which, you know, it obviously has a large um, poor segment of its population that is in very poor housing, has uh, poor access to, to uh, public health services and the like. And it has also um, scorned, it, the, the government's, federal government's approach has scorned um, playing to what are Brazil's advantages. So you have the World Health Organization um, really expressing um, dismay at Brazil because it was a leader uh, for poor nations in uh, universal vaccination campaigns. And this time you have an anti-vaxxer as president who has sought to actually undermine that. So now that vaccines are becoming available, Brazil finds itself at the back of the queue in um, receiving doses and um, being prepared to roll them out uh, across the country. So I think, that, you know, really there are many uh, explanations, some of them very deep-seated to Brazil's poor response. But um, out front is Jair Bolsonaro and his approach to the crisis. Now, the parallels between his approach and that of a man he much admired, uh, Donald Trump, in, in the White House. They're, they're very striking, really. They're, they're, they're unmissable. Um, like Trump, uh, Bolsonaro got the virus himself. Um, did that have any appreciable impact on, on his approach to tackling the virus? Did that uh, impact on his scepticism in, in any way? Unfortunately, um, he got the virus and he recovered. And that just reinforced his own, or seems to have reinforced his own sense of, you know, as he said from the, the get-go, that this is just a small, um, you know, a, a mild flu. Uh, he 
then um, said that, you know, that the pandemic was being weaponized by his opponents to undermine him. He called on the country in one of his many homophobic statements to stop being a nation of puffs and man up to uh, the virus and face it like men. Um, and this is, in, as you say, in a country where over 200,000 people have already died. So, uh, you know, the, the fact that he got it and recovered only seemed to reinforce his sense that this isn't that big a deal and everyone is, is uh, making too much of it. Again, yet another, I suppose, uh, parallel with uh, Trump. What about vaccine rollout, Tom? How is Brazil performing in that area? Poorly uh, so far, unfortunately. Um, Brazil does have a pretty well-developed um, uh, pharmaceutical sector for some reason, again, that does not seem to have been mobilised to prepare for vaccines. Um, again, that probably has a lot to do with the lack of leadership at the federal level. The state of Sao Paulo, um, where I am, the state governor there has invested heavily in the Chinese uh, Coronavac vaccine, and that has been approved. And those doses are being rolled out. But there have been delays in ramping up production here because they need to get the components imported from um, China. And, you know, there's obviously global demand and scarcity. So uh, Brazil has 212 million inhabitants. And so far, there are only 1.2 million uh, doses of um, vaccine between Coronavac and the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine in the country. So it's only a very small amount. This is meant um, to be destined for frontline health workers. And unfortunately, we're seeing um, reports coming in from all over the country of local mayors and other politicians jumping the queue, having their families and friends jump the queue. And even uh, last week, a federal judge in Amazonas uh, ordered the suspension of vaccinations in Manaus because it became clear from evidence accumulating there that rather than frontline workers in one of the cities that is currently most affected by the pandemic, um, the doses were being distributed to uh, people connected to politicians. So, so far, Brazil is, is definitely failing on vaccine rollout. Um, and it could be weeks, if not months, before it starts really properly scaling up. What you're describing, Tom, sounds like a, a catalogue of failures, really. Presumably, there are are going to be political consequences for Jair Bolsonaro um, arising from this? Has his standing um, suffered at all as a result of Brazil's failures in this area? Opinion polls show that it has. His uh, popularity is declining. Um, strangely, last year, as it became increasingly clear that his administration was failing in its response, his popularity went up. And that's because uh, Congress approved a generous emergency payment which uh, was a huge infusion of cash into the economy. Um, and people identified those payments that were hitting their, their bank accounts with uh, the president. So his popularity went up. Uh, those payments are meant to be stopping now, but there are already discussions to keep it going because the pandemic is still raging. But also Bolsonaro wants to keep paying out the money because it is boosting his popularity. Um, but there have been protests and um, his popularity has been declining in the most recent opinion polls we've seen. Um, the the chaos um, and deaths we saw in Manaus have led to another round of um, impeachment motions being filed with Congress. And they're not just with what we might call the usual suspects, but we're seeing certain elements of the of the political centre um, uh, religious groups, uh, churches, uh, Catholic and Protestant joining together um, 
very influential elements of uh, the judicial sector all now saying that you know that the that the president has committed what are called in Brazil crimes of responsibility that justify impeachment so on, on one level you would um, imagine that this crisis could get worse for bolsonaro but um, there is next week elections for the leaderships of the two houses of congress in in Brasilia, and the candidates backed by Jair Bolsonaro are favourites to win those. And should that happen as predicted, that would pretty much insulate him from any immediate um, threat of impeachment. And presumably, Tom, if he gets the results that he needs in Congress next week, that will actually enhance his own bid for re-election next year. It it will, and it, it would enable him to push his more ultra-conservative agenda in Congress, whether that's um, uh, implementing anti-homosexual regulation in the education sector, tightening already very strict anti-abortion legislation, um, and uh, even trying to promote uh, his uh, efforts to... Uh, strengthen the federal government's control over state police forces, which is something that he's uh, latched onto in recent weeks. Um, so it, it would allow him... Uh, for two years, the Congress has been, um, at very best, a, a ally in um, trying to sort out some of the fiscal issues that Brazil's um, Brazil faces, but otherwise a block on his more conservative agenda. If his own allies are in charge, particularly of the lower house, you could see a greater effort to push through that agenda. And there, that would appeal to his conservative base, and um, particularly the evangelical Christians, um, and that it would be an important uh, launchpad for him um, to um, try and achieve re-election next year. And finally, Tom, just a question about daily life in Brazil now. Um, from what you told me about Bolsonaro's uh, approach and the kind of leadership he has given, um, that indicates to me, am I correct, that you don't have the kind of restrictions that are the norm around Europe right now, such as, you know, bars and restaurants closed, schools closed, movement restrictions and, and all of that? Um, we don't know. Um, it's it's summer here. It's a very warm country. So bars and restaurants are able to be more ventilated, open air and everything. So there is that for them. But they have been open and uh, now for months. And um, here in Sao Paulo, where I am, it's only going to be this weekend, uh, as numbers are rising in the city, that uh, bars and restaurants and shops will not be allowed to open over the weekend. And that that's the first restriction we've really had here, um, proper restriction we've had in months. There's never been any travel restrictions at all. So it's, it's the height of the summer. So people have been going on holidays uh, to the beaches, into the countryside, getting on planes. I live near one of the, um, the airports in Sao Paulo. And for months, it was very, very quiet, very few planes flying over. But since Christmas, there's been an awful lot of them jetting off to Brazil's sunny north northeast to the beaches. Um, So even though um, the numbers have, um, cases have um, declined in Brazil up until very recently, they're now rising again, but for months they had been declining. They were still 
um, at, at a pretty um, high plateau by global standards. But for many Brazilians, um, it was a case of um, getting on, getting on with their lives and um, taking uh, risks that uh, I think many European societies, from what I understand, are either not willing to take or are not allowed to take uh, here. You, you, you are still so. You know, if you want to, if you want to go out and, and have a meal or have a drink or even go to the cinema in Sao Paulo, all those things are still possible. Tom Hennigan in Sao Paulo, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Well, that's all for this week. For more on this and other stories, go to irishtimes.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.